0: Hello and welcome back to the Ultimate Training Podcast. I am your host, Josh Jadob Wilson, and today I have a special treat for you. We are going to be going over a research study called Physical Demands of Elite Women's Ultimate Frisbee Between Halves and Across Matches in an International Tournament. And this one is by Palmer, Landers, Butterfield, and Glaze. Uh, I thought this was going to be a cool study because it is actually researching Ultimate Frisbee as it's being played. So you can't get much more specific than this one. Uh, this study covered the Australian women's U24 Ultimate Frisbee team. So during this, they tracked nine of their players over the 12 games that they played at Worlds. They did this by tracking their GPS GPS data as well as timing points with stopwatches so that they were able to tell like when the players were on and off the field and use the stopwatch data along with the GPS data to break the data down into points played or what they called stints and as well as break up the matches in there as well. So they got a lot of cool data on this. And we're going to be going over some of it today. Some of the bigger things that I want to hit on are the stents, playing time, stents duration, um, distance covered, distance per stents, and their acceleration and high speed runs. So that's a lot of cool data that they were able to collect. Um, It will really help strength and conditioning coaches break down what energy systems you're using in each game as well as like how much you need to be training to be prepared for a game as well as tournaments Uh, one thing i should bring up too is that since this was done at worlds it was a little bit less of a demanding schedule than a lot of tournaments so this took place over seven days where they played 12 games where on the first day they played one game and then for the next five days, they played two games. And then the last day, they had another one game. So that is very different than a lot of Ultimate tournaments in general, where you're playing three to four games the first day, and then three to four games the second day. So seven game, seven to eight games over a two-day period. So that is definitely something to take into account when reading over the study and designing training programs based on that. So in this, they didn't find that their numbers dropped off very much and that was likely due to like only having two games uh per day which is huge compared to playing four games i'm sure your speed and acceleration would drop if you're playing in your fourth game of a day as opposed to the second Uh, so that will definitely be a factor in how these uh, numbers are interpreted Uh, with that out of the way i One one other thing, they also had kind of a large roster. So for club, it is pretty similar where they had 25 players. So I believe you're now allowed to have 26 for club. So it might be similar for that. But for a lot of people, their club teams might not have full rosters, especially not going to every tournament because you're going to have injuries, people that are unavailable. So again, another thing to keep in mind with all these numbers is that they had a roster size of 25, so that means that 18 people weren't on the field for each point. With that out of the way, now we're going to kind of go into the numbers. So each point, uh, each player played about 6.5 plus or minus 2.7 points per game. So they're only playing somewhere between 4 and like 9 points per game. These games were at a 15, so there's not uh, a lack of points to be played. So that's pretty low considering all other things. Uh, each player played somewhere between 12 and a half minutes, plus or minus 6 minutes and 40 seconds. So again, somewhere between 6 minutes and 18 minutes of playtime per game when each game lasted around 85 minutes. So you're playing on this around, of, at the most, a quarter of the game, which again, for a lot of club teams, that's gonna be on the lower side. Um, the distance covered per match was 1,559 meters, plus or minus 741, so again, that's between like 800 and 2,300 on average covered, which I think they say later on in the study the most covered was around 4,500 meters. So that that is a lot of distance covered at that top end range of basically running a 4K per game. That's going to add up in a tournament format. Uh, the average distance per stint, so per point, was 250 meters. So that's not too bad. That's down and back to the field basically three times. And that was plus or minus 171. Uh, Some other cool things to hit on is they had an average of 3.7 accelerations per point. So I kind of see that as how many cuts you made per point because that's when you're going to be accelerating. So we're looking somewhere around 3 to 4 accelerations per point in this tournament. They also broke down the numbers between halves and for the first four matches and the last four matches. Between halves, they found little to no difference between the two. Uh, They found a couple interesting differences between the first four and last four matches, but I think it's kind of all just broken down into playtime, so... One of the things that they found different was that playtime was lower in the last four matches as well as distance covered and energy expended which i mean those all kind of go together if you're playing less you're going to cover less distance you're going to express less energy so all of that kind of goes together in that and then they also found that there was less high speed accelerations and high speed efforts but the same ratio per playtime was was there. So like they had less accelerations and less top end speed, but the ratio was the same as the first four games. Again, I kind of see that as play time is lower, so therefore you're gonna have less accelerations. Uh, so while there were some differences between the first four games and the last four games, it's hard to say like why that was, and from what I can tell, it's mainly due to like just playtime being lower uh i couldn't find the schedule for this because it like playtime being lower could have just been that they're playing uh, less competitive games less points played therefore quicker matches Uh, their last match or last two matches would have been more competitive though because those would have been like the semi-finals and i believe they got third place though that would have been the bronze medal game as well Uh, it would have been interesting to see every game broken down and kind of see if you can pick out the more competitive games based on like playtime and accelerations. A couple things that they did point out is that like total playing time to game time was relatively low. So that was like 12 and a half minutes plus or minus 11 and a half minutes out of an 85 minutes match. Uh, This is likely due to the amount of time in between points. So as most people know, playing ultimate, you have, well, at the club level, uh, 90 seconds between points. So that's going to add up on a 15 point game. You're going to be looking around like 20 to 30 points usually per that game. And at 90 seconds in between each one of those, that quickly adds up to like 30 minutes And yeah, that's going to increase what they found as their work to rest ratio, which was a one to four and a half. So for every minute played, you get four and a half minutes rest. That is something that we're going to bring up later when kind of talking about how you should prepare your training based on ultimate. I don't know if I'm going to like have people do one minute work and then four and a half minutes off. That's going to come more just naturally from scrimmaging. But that that ratio is something that we can look into further of how to like specifically target the energy systems that we use for ultimate frisbee on that note too uh they brought up how the lowest number of points someone played in a game was two and then some people played as high as 15 points per game uh so that kind of brings up the question of, do you train as if you're the player that's gonna be playing 15 points or two points? So I, I think that takes is is gonna take a little bit of self-reflection, um, kind of on both points. So for the conditioning side of things, you don't want to overdo it or underdo it. So you gotta find that like Goldilocks position So if you know that you're going to be the go-to player on a team and you're going to get a lot of points played, then you're going to want to focus a little bit more of your time and energy into your conditioning routine. Whereas if you are on the lower end of the roster, like you just barely made the cut of a really good team, then you're still going to want to work on your conditioning because when you play points, you're going to want to be able to go all out. But it doesn't make sense for you to train the exact same way as that person playing 15 points because they're gonna be at a different skill level than you on other parts of the disc. So it would make more sense for you to do a little bit less conditioning and then focus more of your time on skills work. So that way, when you're on the field, you play well and that you can start earning more points. And then as you do that, You can start focusing more on conditioning and take a little bit of time off of your skills work as they kind of like need to transition from one to the other. So that's, again, a cool thing about this study is you get to see how that breakdown happens and you can really uh, customize programs per the individual and how they're going to contribute to the team rather than just giving out generic programs to all Ultimate Frisbee players based on just the overall aspects of the sport. So what can we kind of like get out of this study other than what we've already brought up about, like how people should train different based on their uh, position on the team as well as position on the field, because then you have handlers and cutters as well. So the few things I would love to see is obviously more studies of this kind. They only had trackers on nine players. It would be very interesting to see how the data would change if you're tracking all 25 or just all members of the team. And also if they did it with a team that had lower overall subs. So I would say it's probably more accurate to have teams be between like 20, 15 and 20 players. I would like to see how it tracks over there, as well as how the numbers change based on a normal tournament format. Normal tournament to me, meaning three to four games on Saturday and three to four games on Sunday, since that's how most teams actually play. There's like the exceptions of the higher level tournaments that do three or four day weekends, but the majority of ultimate players do not. Uh, Participate at that level. So I would love to see the numbers for that style as well. Um, It also gets a little more complicated when you start talking about, you know, league and AUDL or any other professional league out there. So for the league formats, obviously the training volume can go way down since you're playing one to two games per week with usually a day in between, and if you don't have a day in between, then two back-to-back days, and then having five days off is gonna be much easier on your body than you know, 12 games over seven days, or seven games over two days. So your training intensity would go down for, well, not necessarily intensity, duration would go down for league players, where you still want to get out and get the distance in, I'm going to assume the distance covered for the average league player would be pretty similar, if not even a little bit higher since uh, league would likely have more turnovers than a world team in competition. So therefore you're playing more defense on your offensive points and vice versa, and therefore covering more distance over each points. Um, For the AUDL, it also is slightly different. The field size is a big one where you're playing on a much larger field. I would assume that distance covered would also go up for this. And you're also playing with less players. So AUDL teams actually don't think it's true for all leagues. I know AUDL is 20. Other leagues, they have changed the roster limit. And I can't say off the top of my head what that is. So with 20 players and playing over two hours then your all those numbers are going to go up so you would also kind of want to increase the intensity and duration of that Uh, time between points is also lower so your work to rest ratio would also need to adapt uh, based on the numbers that were presented in this study so that is stuff that i would love to see and things that you should consider when either making your own strength and conditioning program or looking over one that is made to you for a coach. So I'm going to end this episode with a like basic overall what you should uh, prepare for when playing in an Ultimate Frisbee tournament just based on these numbers. So they're going to be a little... Um, vague I guess is one way to put it but I'm also going to try and like err on the higher side just to make sure that people aren't under preparing for these. So you should expect to be playing somewhere between five and nine points per game and playing somewhere between you know six and 18 minutes on the field. Uh, That is kind of the like length that you would want your training sessions to be minimally because I mean a training session for six minutes in the off season you can get away with that but in season that's not really going to work so and with the work to rest ratios obviously your training session is going to be longer than the total time playing Um, speaking of that so for your sprint work you're going to work want to work around the work to rest ratio of four and a half that they found during this i would probably lower it even a little bit maybe down to like three or three and a half just so that you're prepared to be on the field a little bit faster than if you were, had a full-size roster so prepared just in case you have a low roster and need to be back playing sooner um, so you'll kind of want to intermix this with acceleration work and just some top end speed Because that's what you're going to be doing on the field, going from accelerating and then holding those speeds and then getting your rest in between. And then you get to the complicated part of like that prepares you for one game. And now for a tournament, you're playing somewhere between six and eight. Obviously, I'm not going to recommend anybody go out there and do the same routine uh, six to eight times over a weekend. Instead, you're going to want to, like, prepare your body to be able to do this in back-to-back days. And, like, optimally, you could always do a two-a-day. Like, if your schedule allows it, do a workout in the morning and then a workout at night and kind of prepare yourself uh, to be able to recover and be able to maintain the same power and speed on that. Uh, so there's some, like, general, <laughs> very general guidelines on what your uh conditioning program should look like uh, feel free to message me at, on my instagram at ultimate and we can have any discussion and talk about anything or if you want to just bring up topics for future episodes uh, thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next one